0: Today on Awakened to Grace, we are in part two of our current sermon out of Mark chapter three, where Jesus heals the man with the withered hand. And oh, what great principles, what great lessons we are learning today from this man's experience. You know, I can't wait to meet this man in heaven one day. The Bible doesn't tell us his name, the Bible doesn't give us any of his backstory and i can't wait to find all of those details out one day but here's what we do know is when jesus called him forward he was willing to step forward and when jesus asked him to do what was possible the next because he obeyed jesus is about to ask him to do what is impossible that was to stretch forth this broken this withered this deformed hand You know, the same is true in our life, my friend. Jesus, before he ever asked us to do what is impossible, he'll always ask us to do what is possible. The question is, where is our faith? Will we trust God? Sometimes we trust God for the huge things but we overlook, we neglect the small things. That's what we're going to learn in today's sermon. I'm so glad you're listening. This is part two of Jesus heals the man with the withered hand out of Mark chapter three on this episode of Awaken to Grace. Let me tell you an area that God is dealing with me in right now. As we are working our way toward this great healing service. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is speaking so clearly to us. The Holy Spirit, listen, there are going to be healings. Listen, I'm telling you right now, right now, there's going to be emotional healing that takes place that day. Unprecedented. There's going to be mental illness healed that day. There're going to be physical body healings that day. There're going to be addictions that are broken that day. There're going to be soul healing that day. We're going to see salvation, I'm telling you, God is going to do the miraculous that day. Amen. Amen. But all the while, you know what Satan's telling me? Satan's saying. You're telling me that a blonde man's going to host a healing service? Do you know how foolish that sounds? Do you know how contradictory that that sounds? Do you know how many people may laugh at that? Do you know how many people would shake their heads and say, Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Friends, my responsibility isn't to make sense of anything. My responsibility is to take my withered hand and stretch it forth when Jesus says, stretch forth. Amen? My responsibility is to step out in faith. And that's your responsibility. When Jesus walked the earth, there wasn't but one thing that impressed him. Not one time in the scriptures was Jesus ever impressed with talent. Never one time did he say, oh, look at that talent. Never once did talent ever impress him. You know the only thing that ever impressed him? Faith. Faith. That was the only thing. And the Bible says in Luke 18, Jesus says when he comes back to this earth, he's looking for one thing. He's looking for people of faith. Amen? And let me tell you, faith is not reasoning. Faith is not logic. Faith doesn't make sense. Faith steps out and says, I don't know how, I don't know when, but God will be God. Amen? And God's calling us to stretch forth our willing, our, our, our withered hand. But the question is willingness. Are we willing to be embarrassed? Are we willing to be foolish? This man was willing in his vulnerability. He got up and he came forward in front of everybody with all eyes on him, not knowing what the master was going to do. And so Jesus. Turns his attention. You know, it's amazing how Jesus always has something to say to everyone in the crowd. And Jesus is going to turn his attention to the religious ones. And you know what he, listen, he's going to ask him a question. Verse 4 So is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, to do good on the Sabbath, or to do harm? To save life or kill? And you know what what these Pharisees, oh, these Pharisees, boy, they. mm, my blood's boiling even right now. These guys make me so mad. When when we get to verse 6, like little spoiled brats, listen, in verse 5, he's going to stretch out his hand. And the Bible says his hand is going to be restored just like the other hand. Now, let me tell you, if you're there that day and you watch a withered hand, a creative miracle, and you see it with your own eyes, how do you not shake that hand? How do you not at least give him a high five? But no, they storm out. What selfish, religious. They weren't there to glorify God. They weren't there to pray. They weren't there to learn anything from God. They were there to be high and mighty and judge everyone and everything. So Jesus turns his attention to them and he says, Is it lawful? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Do good or should it do harm? Is it lawful to save life or to kill? (laughs) And the Bible says that they were silent. You don't want to argue with Jesus. You're going to lose that argument every time. And the Bible says something shocking. It says, verse 5, it says that he looked around with anger. Let me tell you, we don't often think of Jesus as angry. But let me tell you, things make him angry. And do you realize that there is a righteous Anger? The Bible says we can be angry and sin not. And what that is, is a righteous anger. And this is what Jesus had. He had a righteous anger toward these people who were self-centered and full of arrogance. Anger is not always bad. There is a righteous anger. As a matter of fact, if you are someone that you are not quite sure where you fit, what God wants you to be doing, where you're supposed to be serving, let me tell you a great tip on finding where you are supposed to be serving. You begin to ask yourself what makes you angry. And when you begin to find out what that righteous anger stirs in you, that's where you're supposed to serve. When I was younger and before I became a pastor, do you know how I knew that I was supposed to be a shepherd? Because the thing that made me the most angry were Christians dying in dying churches. Watching churches just wither away with dead worship and dead teaching and just no spiritual growth. And that showed me, when, when I realized how angry that made me, I realized I'm called to feed God's people. You talk... Take Glenn Stewart out to lunch. He actually likes the Brazilian steakhouse, just so you know. (laughs) Take Glenn out to lunch. And you cannot talk to Pastor Glenn without figuring out what makes him angry. You know what makes him angry? Kids who are growing up in trash homes, who know nothing of God, and without God intervening in their life, they don't stand a chance without the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to talk to Glenn and see what makes him angry? Let kids grow up in church, graduate, and then walk away from the Lord in their college years. You don't have to talk to him long without figuring out what makes him a righteous anger. And so who's he called to work with? Those people. If you talk to Pastor Bill, see what makes him angry as we see homeless all throughout our city. And see, you will find where you're supposed to serve. If, if kids not knowing the Lord stirs a righteous anger, then you're called to work with kids. If seeing homeless about and, 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 and not having the help that they need, if that stirs a righteous anger in you, you're supposed to work with the homeless. If seeing children without foster parents or seeing children unadopted, then guess what? If that stirs your anger, you may be called to foster. You may be called to adopt. If people not having the Bible in their own language makes you angry, you may be called to serve in Bible translation. And you can go on and on and on. The thing that stirs the righteous anger in you is the thing most likely that you are called to do. And so Jesus looks at these Pharisees with anger. Boy, isn't that stunning? We think of Jesus as all compassion. But let me tell you, sin makes him angry. And so it is today. Sin angers him today. Don't harbor it in your life. Don't allow it in your life. And so he looks at them with anger. And then it says, grieved at their hardness of heart. You know why Jesus has something to say to everybody? Because his eyes of flame of fire sees every single heart this morning. He sees your heart today. He knows if your heart is open to the truth and if it's not. He knows if you're playing games or if you're for real today. He knows if you're here for the right reasons or here for the wrong reasons. He knows if your heart today is rocky soil or if it's good soil or thorny soil. He knows. He knows, that he knows it all. And he looks at these religious people and he's grieved By their hardness of heart. See, just like that synagogue that day, we're all, today, we're gathered in the house of God here today. What's your motive? Why are you here? Are you playing games today? Are you part of the religious crowd? Are you here to be seen today? Are you here to feel better about yourself today? Because let me tell you, the gospel does not make you feel better about yourself The gospel will not build your self-esteem. No, you know what the gospel does? The gospel cuts and wounds. (laughs) The gospel cuts and wounds. And the gospel convicts of sin. And the gospel shows us our shortcoming. But you know what that same gospel does? That same gospel anoints and soothes and binds up the wound and heals it with the grace of God. And he looks at them with anger, and he's grieved by their hardness of heart. But now he's going to shift gears again. Now, verse 5, now he's going to look at the man with the withered hand. Now, how much time passed? I don't know. I picture for the man with the withered hand, I think it took an eternity. That's one of the questions I want to ask him. I know for me, before Sadie and I got married... I did all kinds of weddings. I wrote the ceremony. And to me, the ceremony part goes by like that. Well, let me tell you, when I was up there and I was getting married, and it, and it was the one I wrote, I was going, when is this thing going to be over? I was getting woozy. It felt like forever. Forever. And I don't know how long he stood up there. I don't know how long it was that all eyes were on him. But now Jesus shifts his attention. <laughs> he goes from that anger over the religious people to that great compassion for God's people. And he looks at that man. Oh, to see the look in the eyes of the Savior would have been something. And he looks at that man and he asks him to do what was impossible. Can you picture the man's arm tucked deep inside him? Can you picture his robe, the sleeve hanging by the side, and the man just keeping his arm in a safe, comfortable spot where people didn't look and people didn't stare and people didn't question. And then Jesus asked him to do the most uncomfortable. You think getting up and coming forward was uncomfortable? Now Jesus is really going to embarrass him. Now Jesus is really going to stretch him out. Now Jesus is really going to put him in a vulnerable spot. Jesus is going to say... Stretch forth your hand. What hand? My withered hand? The deformed hand? The broken hand? The hand that I don't want anyone to know? The hand I don't want anyone to see? You're going to have me stretch that out? But see, why was he able to do it? Because when Jesus asked him to do what he could, he did. And now when Jesus is going to ask him to do what he can't, he's willing to try. There's some of you here, my pastor's heart for you today. There's some of you, you're not doing what you can. You're not doing what you can. You could be a stronger witness. You could be a stronger light. You don't serve as you could serve. You don't give your skills and your abilities like you could give them. You don't tithe and you don't give financially what you could. You don't give of your mental capacities. You don't give the best of you to the Lord Jesus Christ. You withhold. And then there's some of you who you don't give because you don't think you can. You don't give because there's something withered there. You think you can't pray in front of people. You think you can't share your story. You think you can't lead anyone to Jesus. You think you can't talk confidently about your faith. You don't think that you could become a tither. You don't think that you could step out in faith and witness to that person or, or engage in this ministry or you could never see yourself doing this or doing that and like a withered hand, you just, you just keep it hidden. You keep it tucked. Huh. Now let me tell you, if you'll begin to do what you can, what God asks of you initially, God will help you do what you can't. And so Jesus looks at this man and says, Stretch forth your hand. And the most unbelievable thing happened. Not a healing. A creative miracle. And by faith, when he stretches out his hand, his hand is restored. Just like his other. Can you believe that? Well, I can. You know why? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without Him nothing was made. Amen? Amen. By the Word of His power, He created all things. By the Word of His power, He holds all things together. He is the Creator. And what a small thing it is for the Creator to reform a hand. What a small thing it is for the Creator to reform a retina. What a small thing it is for the Creator to create. What a small thing. So what are you withholding? Some of you withholding from the Lord. Whereas God wants to do explosive things in your life. But see, he can't. You know why? Because you're old wineskins. He can't pour new wine into old wineskins. And he can't do what he wants in your life because you're waiting for the miracle. You're waiting for the big thing. But see, you're still over here at the little thing. And God's saying, obey me in the little thing. And some of us are going, I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Let's learn today from the man with the withered hand. If you'll do what you can God will enable you to do what you can't. Say amen if you're with me. God's given me a word for somebody right now. You're asking God to restore your marriage, you're asking God to do what you can't. Let me tell you what you can do love Him, love her unconditionally, serve Him, serve her in their sin serve them in their rejection you're asking God to do what you can't do what you can and stretch forth your hand all over today let's bow our heads let's close our eyes what's God challenging you with today what's he saying to you What have you put on the back burner? What has God made you vulnerable toward? What what has he asked you to do that it feels embarrassing? It was embarrassing for the leper to kneel in front of a rabbi when he was unclean. It was embarrassing for the paralytic to be strapped to a stretcher and lowered from a roof. And it was embarrassing for this man with the withered hand to stretch out what was broken and what was deformed and what had withered. But see, they did it. And God met them at the point of their need. God met them at the point of their faith. How is God stretching your faith? What's God asking you to do that you haven't been doing? Illuminated Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. Show us each personally, personally, individually. I feel it so deep in my spirit. Many years ago. Sadie and I wanted to be tithers, but we couldn't, so we thought. It's not that we don't want to, it's that we can't. Oh, how I sat there with a withered hand. And then several years ago, we began to stretch forth our hand. And let me tell you, if you'll start to do what you can, God will enable you to do what you can't. Some of you are missing out on some of the greatest blessings because you're withholding from the Lord. Some of you say, Chad, there's no margin in my time. I can't serve on a team. I can't, I can't do things for the kingdom of God because I'm too covered up. I'll do it at another time. I'll do it when the kids are grown. I'll do it when the job settles down. I'll do it after we move. I'll do it when life said no it's disobedience my friend God's saying come here are you going to sit there or are you going to obey Jesus and then those big things the things that are far out of your control the things that you can't change well you know what God will help you with those but you, you have to obey first get up out of that lazy chair and say, oh God, I'm coming to you. I don't know if I'm going to fail. I don't know if I'm going to be embarrassed. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what the end result is going to be, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to come to you and I'm going to leave the results with you. And God's going to touch your life. God's going to help you. God's going to heal you. God's going to restore you, my friend. There are many different ways you can connect to awaken to grace in a more personal way. First, visit our website, awaken to Second, you can subscribe to our podcast, Awakened to Grace with Chad Roberts. Third, you can download our free mobile app. Simply search Awakened to Grace wherever you get your favorite apps. And lastly, Send me an email directly. It's simply Pastor Chad Roberts at gmail.com.